Hello, Hellcats. Welcome back to another episode of Ew, That's Creepy. Today, we'll be telling the second half of our story about the Piranha family crime spree in Amagasaki, Japan. If you did not listen to part one yet, please give that episode a listen first, because the second half probably won't make much sense if you didn't listen to the first half. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to quickly recap all of the drama that happened last time since there was so much and it is a little confusing to keep track of it all. So the story started with a woman named Mayoko Samita who moved into a luxurious condo owned by her brother-in-law and her sister. To finance the condo, Mayoko decides to extort another family, who we called Family X, into providing her with money. Through verbal abuse, physical abuse, sometimes torture, Mayoko takes money continuously from Family X until they are forced to borrow millions of yen from other family members. After years of extortion and abuse at Mayoko's hands, Mayoko Sumida finally leaves Family X alone, but takes their two adult daughters with her. One daughter named Rui marries into the Samita family and becomes very close with Mayoko. The other daughter from Family X, named Mariko, is sadly tortured for days and killed by the Samita family. Rui's uncle, the son from Family X, is also starved, tortured, and killed by the Samita family shortly after his niece Mariko is murdered. Mayoko also extorts and murders a neighbor from her condo, a 66-year-old woman named Kazuko. With the help of her family and Kazuko's own two daughters, Kazuko was held captive on Mayoko's shed and tortured and starved until she eventually died. While arrested for Kazuko's murder, police are shocked to find yet another metal drum containing another individual who was friends with the Samita family. Oh, and I almost forgot to mention the part when Mayoko's brother-in-law was pushed off a cliff and made to look like a suicide. Yeah, that happened too. No one really knows why Rui and Mariko's uncle was killed, but because no one really knows why Concrete Anyone was killed, because this whole story is just crazy, but the only assumption that we could make is that their uncle, uh, Takashi Tanimoto, probably just knew too much because he had been involved and had seen, um, it's assumed that he had been involved in Mariko's death. And also had seen the his the parents get tortured, so it's assumed that he just knew too much, and then Mayoko and the rest of her Samita crew just wanted to get rid of him, basically. When Takashi Tanimoto was found, he was also beaten and bruised around his head and his legs, and... There's no confirmation of this, but I have to guess that they're collecting pension or life insurance off the two of them. 
off of Takashi Tanimoto and Mariko. Um, because why else would they really be killing them besides they just don't want to have people turn them in. So now just a few days after the discovery of the three corpses under the floorboards, police become aware of another metal drum that was found in a harbor in Bison, Okayama. It's hard to tell if police knew of the barrel. I'm not sure if someone saw it. I'm not sure if they were tipped off or something like that. Because like I said, no one's confirming how police are like getting this information. But on October 30th, 2012, a metal drum was removed from a harbor in Bison, Okayama Prefecture. The drum was filled with concrete and contained the body of a 53-year-old man named Hiro Hashimoto. Police officials believe the body had been deceased for at least a year, but probably longer. So this is a new person we haven't even talked about yet who is now found dead in this concrete drum. Jackie's shaking her head. So many. And to not find them until a year after. Yeah, and when police are finding them, they're saying that they've been dead, like, for even, could probably be even longer. So, Hiro Hashimoto, he was the younger brother of Maiko's husband who had, quote-unquote, accidentally fallen off the cliff in 2005. Some reports say that Hiro Hashimoto was just an acquaintance of Mayoko, but other reports say he was acquainted specifically through his late brother. So, that is what I believe because I do think that that was why he actually knew Mayoko. So... Once Hiro Hashimoto was found dead, Mayoko, Rui, and others were charged in his murder, and she had already been charged for the murder of Kazuko. So now people are like, whoa, is this woman a serial killer? What is going on here? So they arrested Rui and other family members along with Mayoko, and Again, they start kind of talking pretty early and just telling police what was going on with the whole condo and everything like that at the condo. So, family tells police that Mayoko forced forced them to repeatedly beat up Hiro Hashimoto, punch him, kick him in the face and in the legs while he was tied up. Then they handcuffed Hiro Hashimoto on the inside of a shed on Mayoko's porch and left him there for days. The shed was locked from the outside, and the porch had also been fenced in to prevent anyone from looking in. When the family finally went back and opened the shed, they discovered that Hiro was deceased. Some members of the family also told police that they knew it was Mayoko's intention to not open the shed until she knew that Hiro couldn't possibly be alive. Even before he passed, Mayoko ordered the Samita family to only feed Hiro instant noodles or packaged food maybe once a day. So she's feeding this 50-year-old man maybe like one thing of ramen noodles a day, if that, if he's lucky. In total, there were eight family members who were implicated alongside Mayoko. The roles that are confirmed for the group is that Mayoko was clearly the leader and the orchestrator of the whole thing while sister-in-law Miko acted as the treasurer. Granddaughter-in-law Rui would become Mayoko's successor, and Mayoko's cousin, named Masanori, acted as her bodyguard and accomplice. 
Mazinari specifically was cited as being the one who had the idea on putting the bodies in concrete-filled drums. And then I think that other family members that got arrested were just, like, assisting with removing the bodies or, like, the schemes with getting pension money and things like that. This is like the Godfather. Yeah, they really are in-depth with this scheme. Like, they have a treasurer, a successor, a bodyguard. It's crazy. So, police are really trying to build a large case against Mayoko since she's at the center of this tragedy in this whole story. After all of the tips and stories have come to light, police also reveal that they're going to reinvestigate the 2005 accidental death of Niko's husband at the cliff during the family trip because witnesses have now come forward to police stating that they heard family coercing Miko's husband to jump from the cliff. Witnesses basically say that the Samita family convinced him to commit suicide. They're like up there about to take this nice family picture and they're somehow coercing him to jump from the cliff and commit suicide. I just don't understand why people went along with it, but whatever. I guess we won't know. For money to live in the condo and have your expenses paid, I guess. Um, and police, I read in articles too that police are looking into the death of Mayoko's one husband who they say she killed to collect insurance money, but I couldn't find any details on that whatsoever. So like, I don't know if they're getting that confused with her sister-in-law's husband's death, like Miko's, who, the one with the cliff, or if my, or if Mayoko actually had another husband who she somehow killed. Yeah, I can see it going either way. Nothing would surprise me with this story anymore. Police officials were also... This part was crazy, too, and I only read this in one article, so I was like, what the hell? It said police officials were able to track down the eldest son of Family X, the one who had first initially, like, met Mayoko and introduced her to Family X and who had gone missing... They actually were able to track him down and found out he was alive and he was working under a fake name in Tokyo. He told police that he had tried to run away from Mayoko Samita so many times and was forcibly taken back to her condo by like her entire crew. And he left Amagasaki, changed his name and just like disappeared so she wouldn't ever find him again. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I got, I just still don't understand why no one's going to the police, but okay. Yeah, because like, yeah, no one's saying. I think, do you know what I think is happening is I think that at first everyone's in on it for the money and then I think she turns on those people. That's what I think it is because I think that, you know, these people will be in it and be accomplices with her, kind of like Rui's sister, and then she ends up just turning on her and making her the victim. Yeah. It is hard to say, though. We don't know. I mean, who knows when it's family and someone's, like, controlling you like that. Um, so, all in all, there were eight people in total charged with this Amagasaki crime spree. Two women, six men, ages 25 to 64, all associated with Mayoka Samita through blood or acquaintances. In total, Mayoka and the Samina clan killed five people that we know of. So, Nico's husband on the cliff, the three bodies that were found under the vacant home in Amagasaki, 
The Body of Hiro, Hashimoto. Oh, and then I guess another Kazuko also. So, Jesus. So six? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's horrible. What's sad and horrible is that the mother of Family X, Rui's grandmother, who owned the house where all the bodies were found, she has still never been found, actually. So police assumed that they would find her under the house, but she was not. She was 88 at the time of her disappearance and had not been seen for over 10 years when the other bodies were discovered. So they believe that she's also been killed and placed somewhere, but they don't know where. There were rumors that members of the Samita clan told police that more bodies were dumped in the Okayama in Kagawa prefectures, but no other bodies have yet to been found to confirm that. Um, even though there was a high body count in this case, it was hard to actually find evidence and facts that would tie Mayoko to the deaths. Like, as far as I know, there's no DNA or anything that they're finding on the bodies that they can tie to Mayoko. Everything is kind of just what people are saying and admitting to police. They knew she was orchestrating the whole thing, but Mayoko's defense claimed that she didn't know the victims were dive when they were trapped in the shed. She like basically is like, yeah, I imprisoned them and I beat them, but how would I know they would die? Yeah, and then that just happened six times in a row. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's literally exactly what we're going to get at. Uh, the prosecution claimed, though, that there was a camera installed pointing towards the shed to monitor the victims. Therefore, she would have had to have known how bad the conditions were. And like you just said, many people are quick to point out that she had done this before. She had imprisoned and was charged in the death of Kazuko, her 66-year-old neighbor at the condo. So if Mayoko wants to claim that she didn't know the effects of imprisonment and starvation, beatings, and dehydration would be... That is clearly not true because she killed Kazuko in that exact way prior to killing these other victims that we know of. In December 2012, just two months after the second metal drum and bodies were found, Mayoka Samita was reported dead in her jail cell from a reported suicide. What? Yes. Even though Mayoka was already on suicide watch after asking police officers how to kill herself, she was found in the early mornings deceased, and it is said that she strangled herself. Why would you ask police officers? I, I mean, no I'm idea. assuming it's just a cry for help, but it's not like they're going to tell you. I know. They're like, get a piece of paper and write this down. They're like, look it up at the library. <laughs> yeah. Following her death, Mayoko's lawyer came forward saying that during their last meeting... She told him that living without her family would be meaningless and that before he left, she bowed to him, which kind of meant like she was giving her final goodbye. So but, it would be meaningless for her to live without her family, but she'll just kill ruthlessly members of other people's family and make them kill their own family. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay, Mayaka. I was thinking the same thing. Thank you for putting that all into one sentence for me. <laughs> The condo worth millions of yen that basically sat at the center of this entire case was put up for court-ordered auction in November 2012 after Mayoko's crew could not pay the expenses. 
So it's crazy. Like, this condo that sat at the whole epicenter of this whole thing, which was basically, like, what they were giving so many of these payments for one month after Mayoko's arrest, it was put up for auction. Destroy it. Still to this day, Rui's grandmother, the mother family ex, like I said before, she's never been found. So her remains have never been recovered. The mother's daughter, this is, might be Rui's mother. I'm not sure. Either Rui's mother or her aunt also has never been found. So another f- member of family X is missing and has never been found. There is an also another individual who I saw in one article. I guess Mayoko had an adopted son whose brother went missing and has never been found. So those are three more people who were entangled with the Samita clan and have never been found. So that's like where things ended, as horrible as it is. Mayoko com- committed suicide and that was the last article I could find on this entire thing. It seems almost like everyone kind of just forgot about it or wanted to forget about it. But I do want to make a couple more points just to like... Just because, because to justify anything bad that happens in this world because it makes us feel better. So, in an article written by what's on tianjin.com and posted to Murderpedia. So, if you're on Mayoko Samita's Murderpedia page, you'll find all these amazing articles, which are basically the only information you can find on this. But there's one article that the author made some great points regarding the changing family culture in Japan. So they pointed out that the number of elderly people who are committing crimes has steadily been increasing since the early 1990s, which is pretty surprising. Like, you wouldn't think that elderly people would be committing crimes, but clearly that is going on. The author makes a great point that the culture in Japan is changing. So the old school family dynamic was that grandparents are to be taken care of by their children and their grandchildren once they can no longer take care of themselves. But nowadays it seems like it's becoming more common for grandparents to live on their own as couples or to just live by themselves. So it's kind of sad because they're saying that older people don't have the means to live once their pension payments run out. And pension payments are not enough in Japan to cover your entire life once you're retired. Um, So it's truly really sad because older people are resorting to theft to get food and just committing petty crimes. And what's even more depressing is that those who are at risk, so older people who are homeless, are committing crimes in the wintertime so that they can spend the months in a warm place and not be on the streets. Wow. So I have heard of that actually happening in America too with the homeless population. It's really, really sad. And, you know, it it is a good point, as horrible as it is. It's a good thing to focus on because it's like maybe this could teach us something about how, like, the family dynamic is changing and maybe older individuals in Japan need to be taken care of more and need to be sheltered a little bit more than what's going on right now. Even though huge crime rings like the Samita family is not common, it is worrying Japanese police and officials just kind of, like, seeing what's going on and seeing the older generation committing more crimes because basically they don't have enough money is a little troubling. And I feel like this whole thing kind of, 
I don't think this stems from Mayoko being an older individual and being scared of money. I think this all stemmed from her in this lust for power and her having control over other people. But it's a it highlights why maybe everyone else went along with it. Just exactly. the fact of not having their own resources and being like, well, if I don't help, I'm going to have to turn to crime anyway. I agree 100%. I don't think that's Mayoko's case, but that does help us try and maybe understand why. Like, you kept saying, why did everyone go along with this? Yeah. It's hard to just say for the money, but maybe in this type of climate in Japan, maybe it is easier to say for the money. Like, maybe it is a lot more desperate than some people would like to think because we don't have, like, the luxury. Like, our luxury of life is different, so... It's not excusing that, but it does help us just maybe understand why others went along with it. Points were made. The whole thing is totally fucked up, though. That's for damn sure. I am sad. It's just so messed up. The fact that she had so many people abusing their own family members is that is like chilling to me and really, really gross. I don't really have comments about that because I truly just don't want to talk about it anymore (laughs) and i saw so many people saying they were like you need to make a movie about this make a show about this why who wants to see that like i get it but it's just like i know no one really wants to see that like hearing it's bad enough i know so then let's like leave it on a positive and maybe focus on how like i wonder if there are organizations right now on how to help the older japanese individuals i'll have to look into that honestly but That should be the focus, really, is, like, making a more comfortable climate. And I know it's so much easier to say than it is to do, but let's focus on that, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's the only positive you can really take from it, because there wasn't much. (sighs) And that's the story of Mayoko Samita and the Piranha family. The research was difficult as hell. It took me, like, 20 hours of research, and the articles are very hard, so... If you guys want to dive into this, get ready. Let me know how it goes. That was crazy. And I don't have many comments because I'm sad. Sorry. (laughs) I can't wait to hear your story. Yeah. Sorry, guys. If I sounded irritated this episode, it honestly just made me a little sad. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll go do something fun now. I'll go watch Twilight. That'll help. Oh, my gosh. Laugh at Edward Pattinson as much as I love him so much. Or Edward Pattinson. (laughs) Robert! I seriously only call him Edward now. Like, he is just Edward to me forever. I'm sure he would just cringe to hear that. Oh, he would probably despise me and never listen to our podcast if he knew I only referred to him as Edward. Robert, if you're listening, we love you. We love you. I hope you're doing well and I won't call you Edward ever again. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys, even though this episode was depressing, I hope you guys still thought it was crazy and uh, got some enjoyment out of it. I hope you guys have a good rest of your day and stay safe and go do something positive. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Love you. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast. Or send us an email at ew, that's creepypodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.